Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with librarian Janet Tom. She just won a national award called I Love My Librarian, largely for her innovative library programs about death and dying. Janet Tom, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You have just won a very prestigious national award called the I Love My Librarian Award. How does it feel to be so loved? I feel very honored, <laughs> and it's a, it's, it was um, extremely wonderful. How did you find out? Well, actually, I found out before everyone else did. Mm. Um, I got a call from one of the women, um, the past president of the ALA, on the selection committee. Mm-hmm. And it was a phone call. I, I didn't believe it, of course. Yeah. You know, she introduced herself and said, I want you to know that you're one of the winners. And, and so I said, what? And then she said it again. I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> and then we finished up. Speechless. Yeah. So Speechless. there were 1,974 nominations around the country and 10 winners. So do you think the other 1,964 people are just not as loved as you? I think all of those people, <laughs> every one of them are and are loved because what happens is the the community, the people that they did programs for mm-hmm. or worked with or made their lives better or transform their lives, those are the people that nominate them, not their managers or, or their colleagues, but people right in the community. And the community, whomever they are, whether it's one person or 10 people, they write things and then they send it in and then the folks on the selection committee read every one of them. Do you know who nominated you? Uh, 11 people, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all who use who uh, have used the library? Or came to my programs. Okay. Right? And how long have you been a librarian in San Francisco? Um, I started almost 20 years ago, 2002. I started at Queens Public mm-hmm. um, in New York, and then I came here. This is home, mm-hmm. um, but I went to school in Madison, Wisconsin, and I wanted to go back east mm-hmm. first. And what branch are you based at here? Um, I'm at the main okay. in the business department on the fourth floor. And what do you like about your job? I like helping people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, you were nominated for your ability to bring taboo subjects out of the dark and particularly for your innovative death and dying program. Can you tell me about that and why you think it's important to talk to library users about such a heavy topic of death? Um, death is something that I, I happen to be interested in. I think as we get older, we do. We see our parents and other loved ones maybe dying of just dying of disease or just dying. And you start thinking about your mortality. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, it'd be good to do a program about this. And no one ever has because it's a taboo subject. Nobody talks. It's actually a normal part of living, right? Mm-hmm. Dying. But nobody talks about it. So, and I'm lucky enough to be able to do programs. And I thought, let's do a program. And then I talked to more people and more people, and it grew into a series. Mm-hmm. So we did eight programs between March and September. 
had some terrific speakers, mm -hmm. and people came. You know, uh, doing a program is kind of like being a producer mm -hmm. of a show. It, mm -hmm. it is, actually. And then you open the doors, and you wonder or hope, will anybody come? And library audiences, you know, they kind of trickle in. There's maybe three, four, and then pretty soon it's time to start. And then all of a sudden, all these people come. So it was really exciting, and I knew I was doing the right thing. Aww. Can you talk about what some of those individual programs were about? Well, the first one um, was about, I called it rest in peace, what happens to my body when I die. Because people often don't know, well, you bury a body or you cremate a body. But there's all these new methods now, especially since people are aware of the environment. Mm -hmm. And, for instance, cremation, that could cause some environmental damage. So now there's new methods. So I wanted to talk about these because most people don't know about them. Mm -hmm. So I found out, and we had five speakers. We had a, a funeral director who's been in the industry a long time. We had a cremation specialist, and you know what that is. There's a new thing recently called green burial, mm -hmm. where you use no metal, no plastic. You put the body shroud right into the ground. Uh, the fourth thing is a woman does home funerals. The person is already dead, uh, but what they do is they put the body in ice in a coffin, and they have a celebration because the body's good. It's good still. And children, family, loved ones can come and celebrate th this person that was part of their life. Uh, and there's another one, which I was really interested in, uh, people have often thought, well, maybe I'll donate my body to science. What mm -hmm. do they do with it? So we had a woman from UCSF who does those cadavers. It was really an interesting program. Wow. Um, and then you had one about um, children and how to talk to them about... Yeah, I didn't want to forget children. Children often lose parents or siblings, and it's a different kind of um, thinking going on in their head because they're not grown-ups like mm -hmm. we are. So I wanted to address that. We had some... Um, experts who work with children talk about uh, how to help children process grief. Mm -hmm. And you were telling me that there's now doulas. I've heard of them for birth, but never for death. Yeah, and that's a death new. That's now. a new. There's always, it's called death doula, and they're they're often nurses or social workers, and they're doulas. You know how birth doulas help you give birth to your child. So death doulas help uh, the families um, with all the processes, uh, not necessarily medical, but you know part of. Uh, dealing with all the things that have to be done in preparation for a loved one's death. Mm -hmm. Like paperwork and funerals? Mm -hmm. And, and also comfort and care. Mm -hmm. um, often adult caregivers like ourselves for our parents, you know, it's hard. You know, you go to work, you have to come home, take care of your mom or dad. And they're not the same mom or dad we knew mm -hmm. before. So um, doulas come in and they, they're almost like the substitute daughter or son for a few hours while you can get some rest. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so what has the response been to to these forums? Um the first one, you know, again, I told you I was waiting and wondering if anybody came. So 90 people showed up. Uh -huh. And then the second one was on how different faith traditions view death. Uh -huh. I wanted to talk to religious leaders. And so um, I picked the five major religions and a wonderful uh, person named Michael Pappas, the executive director of the San Francisco Interfaith Council. He knows everyone. And he not only got me the speakers, but he moderated the panel. Uh -huh. um, we squeezed 127 people into that room. And everybody, uh, I've... Often you don't hear a room that's quiet, mm -hmm. really quiet. Everybody is quiet. Wow. Yeah, and it was crowded. And the, the programs were long. There were two hours, no break. So people wanted to know. Huh. Are you going to offer these again, or is this a one-time thing? Well, you know, I'd like to offer um, some more different topics. Um, this one was kind of intense because it's every month. And I've gotten different ideas from people because they're interested. Uh, one woman said, why don't you do one on dying alone? I'm going to die alone. Mm -hmm. I don't have any relatives. And 
I think when, you know, when somebody asks you something, probably other people want to ask you too. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to address that. I'd like to talk more about ageism. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the governor has an initiative and there's several community groups working on this, on this reframing aging. Um, we had a program like that, How, what it means to grow old in America. As you know, there's a lot of older adults here, 15, 20%. So I'd like to do programs that address that. Mm-hmm. And you were also honored for helping the San Francisco Chinese Alzheimer's Association create a Cantonese and English bilingual for- forum for elderly people. What was that like? Um, the Alzheimer's Association of Northern California and Nevada, they have many special, they're great on outreach everywhere. And one of their programs it's called the Chinese Alzheimer's Forum, and they created it to address the, the Cantonese-speaking community. And so in our community, a lot of the older people are Cantonese, and they have Alzheimer's. But their children are maybe 40 or 50, and they're American-born Chinese, and often their Cantonese isn't that fluent. So uh, the Alzheimer's Association created a forum where they would translate everything. So they'll have English speakers, and they'll translate it in Cantonese. Or they'll have Cantonese speakers on the translated English. Hmm. Um, and it's been very successful. They asked basically for a facility. And I said, I'll help get you one. So that's how that started. Oh. So what are you going to do with your $5,000 prize? I'd like to donate some of the organizations that helped me get the program going. Aww. And then I'd like to do some travel with it. Yeah. Where do you want to go? It's a mystery question, isn't it? <laughs> um, Europe or Asia, somewhere mm-hmm. there. I'm Heather Knight, and I'll have more with Janet Tom right after this. I'm back with Janet Tom. The library is constantly scored as the most popular city department in surveys of San Franciscans. What do you think is the secret to the library's success? Well, I guess the first one would be we have excellent programs, Mm -hmm. many programs. Um, And there are services for all kinds of people that that would like help. Mm -hmm. Children, older adults, um, disabled people, uh, people that want to learn how to read, never Mm -hmm. had a chance so we make it a welcoming place to everybody. We want everybody to come, mm-hmm. kind of like your community living room. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. You're a reference librarian. What are some of the more memorable questions people have asked you or subject matters they've wanted your help with? Well, you know, a lot of people come, I mean, they don't, they call. Uh, people often call and they want to know how many calories or the n- nutrition in various foods. Really? <laughs> you know, diet and health. Haven't that's they heard my of subject. Google? Pardon? Oh, they? no, they don't have computers. They're oh, older people. Okay. And they'll call and they'll say, well, I need some more vitamin B2 in my diet. Can you tell? Or they'll say, tell me the nutritional value of a grapefruit. Huh. So that's, and these, most of them are older people that don't have a computer and and they want to take care of themselves or uh-huh. they'll have a health condition. Um, every so often you'll get a person wanting a specific recipe. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and you can tell these are folks that don't have computers, yeah. right? Uh, people that come up to the desk, it's fun to work at the main library because you get interesting research questions. And often, um, and often, of course, we don't know the answer. And I'll say, hmm, that's an interesting question. And then we'll look it up. We also have an e-chat. People can type in their questions. Sometimes oh. it take us, takes us a little bit, a little while to answer them, but we answer them. Do you find those recipes that people are looking for? Yeah. Sometimes you have to search hard because it's you know, especially if it's in a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's on the internet, you could just find something. Mm-hmm. But maybe they'll want a special ingredient, or they'll say, "Oh, the one I heard about that has three t- tablespoons of vanilla in it," which is a lot. <laughs> That's not very much to go on. Yeah. <laughs> what is the most commonly requested book? We get a lot of finance questions, oh, business, business. Uh, it's called business science and technology. So it's not just business like finance. Science and technology includes cookbooks, hmm. includes um, 
how to buy a house, mm-hmm. uh, how to make beer, <laughs> uh, how to build a house. Uh, so it's people call you to ask how to make beer. Uh, no, uh, these are the ones they ask books for. Okay. Yeah, for books, oh. right? <laughs> um, so it's kind of general. No one specific book. People have finance questions. They have a lot of health questions. Mm-hmm. Um, every so often, somebody will ask for uh, that book on stamps or paper money because mm-hmm. they have some. Hmm. What do you think of the library recently going fine free? Well, that's exciting because we're hoping that we'll get some books back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people, um, you know, that I think you've, you've asked this question before about what happens if they don't return their books. But people do. There's, mm-hmm. People do return their books. Mm-hmm. They're not using it as a way to keep books. So. Yeah. Um, and you're a native San Franciscan, which I just learned right before we started recording. Uh, what are the biggest changes you've seen in the city in the past 68 years? That was why I asked your age. Uh, there's more homeless. Well, there's homelessness. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that started when I was going to, to college. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more people here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more cars here. Mm-hmm. I guess you would hear this of other natives living in cities that they're still in, that things aren't quite the same as they knew it. Yeah. But that's change. Yeah. So. Do you like the city better or worse than when you were a kid? Well, it's it's pretty efficient when you think about it. Um, you and I ride Muni, and it runs. Um, and usually, yeah, usually, right. And there's wonderful places to eat mm-hmm. and shop, and there's terrific people here, and people keep coming. Mm-hmm. So I like it. <laughs> what neighborhood did you grow up in? I grew up in North Beach, actually, uh-huh. on Green and Kearney. And you're now in Japantown. Yes, great. My dad had a grocery store in the Mission. That's when we moved there. Oh, cool. And did you use the library a lot as a kid? Yeah, I did. I did. Cool. Well, you have survived the more serious questions, and now it's time for our lightning round. What is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? There's a place called La Taqueria. Uh-huh. It's on Mission. Yes. Uh, they have good veggie burritos. Are you vegetarian? I am. Cool. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? You know, I like that chase scene that in Bullet. Do you uh-huh. remember? Yeah. Yeah. It was shot in the Mission near General Hospital. Uh-huh. And what is your favorite place to get a stiff drink? You know, um, that would be kombucha for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'd probably get one at Rainbow Grocery. Uh-huh. You're not a... Big alcohol drinker. No. <laughs> what was your first concert? Can I say musical? Sure. Um, I attended um, Oliver. Uh-huh. At, it was a performance given by Reardon High School by City College, and I fell in love with musicals. Oh, neat. You still see them now? Yeah, I do. What I have volunteer, you seen recently? I, I volunteer a lot at the theaters. Oh, cool. Uh, what have I seen recently? Uh, I've seen, oh, um, I volunteer ushered for Mas- The Messiah. Mm-hmm. by the uh, box soloist in Grace Cathedral. Oh, wow. What was the last book you read? Oh, you know, I run the book group at uh, Sunset Branch, and we just read a nonfiction book called Bellevue by David Oshinsky. It's about Bellevue Hospital in New York mm-hmm. and the last 300 years of histories. It was actually fascinating. Oh, wow. And then a man came that was born in Bellevue oh, neat. to the book group. He wanted to talk about his experience. Oh, cool. What is your favorite book set in San Francisco or about San Francisco? Well, that would be Gary Camilla's Cool Gray City of Love. What did you like about it? It talked about a little bit about everything and how things are now. Uh-huh. And do you read a lot at home, or are you sick of books after a long day of work? You know, this is what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks librarian reads, librarians read a lot of books. We read a lot of book reviews because oh. we have to order books. Mm-hmm. We can't read every one of them. Mm-hmm. So um, I I love, do you know the author Chitra Bandari Divakaruni? Yeah. Uh-huh. I love her books, Celeste Ng. Uh-huh. There's a woman named Thriti Umrigar. She's a, she's a Parsi, 
and she's written many books about India. And I find out a lot about these books through my readers of the book group because mm-hmm. they're the ones that read a lot. Uh-huh. How many books would you say you read in a month? Two or three. Okay. What is your favorite book of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm stumping you. I'm sorry to say I can't think of a lightning fast answer to <laughs> no, your it, lightning question. It doesn't have question. to be lightning fast. We can think. Of all time. I knew I should, you know I thought that you might ask this. I have no idea. Let's see. That's okay. Let we can see. skip it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I have I, another question for oh, you. Okay. I, what is the most annoying behavior of library patrons? Well, the general word would be noise. Yeah. Often, I think people forget that the library, because they use it as community center, they think it's a park sometimes. Yeah. So I have to ask people if they would. I mean, actually, this isn't what we do anymore. We don't usually go around saying shh, but we do say, could you lower your voices? Because people are in here to study or to mm-hmm. work. Um, but that would be one annoying thing. Yeah. Sometimes they leave their candy wrappers mm. on the tables. That's annoying. My kids do that. I tell them I'm not a trash can. They just give me their wrappers, like shove them at me. I'm like, I'm not actually a trash can. <laughs> Deal with this yourself. <laughs> I can relate. Okay, last question. What is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? I have a little yoga stretch routine in the morning. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was fun to talk to you. Thanks, Heather. Thanks to Janet Tom for joining me today, to King Kaufman and Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.